All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, boys and girls, uh, male, female, um, whatever you want to refer yourself as, uh, welcome to the latest episode of Down for Account. And I have myself, Nicole, Alexis, um, Jane A, and Tiffany is going to eventually hop on. So I say hi, ladies. Hello. So in our brief little hiatus, we had literally a lot of things happened a lot of things happened in wrestling so we're gonna just try to break things down for you and start going over some things so we're gonna start off with um monday night raw so my monday night raw was the kind of the the backlash of payback payback so what did you guys think about raw this monday uh I don't remember much of Raw, which is actually kind of sad because, yeah, yeah. Um, same here. I couldn't really tell you much about Raw, which kind of explains how it probably just wasn't that interesting. Um, some things that were cool, the Retribution chasing off um, um, Demi and... Angel Garza, that was really funny. Uh, but other than that, like, there's really nothing I can say that was any real. It wasn't. It was just raw, basically. I do remember Mickey James and Oscar, and I didn't realize I needed that in my life right now. <laughs> um, I want to see that. And uh, yeah, raw, raw. I'm having a real hard time remembering anything that happens on Raw because the three hours is just, it's too much. It's too much anymore. Like, I can't, I can't focus on shit anymore that they do there. I mean, Raw is three hours, so it takes a lot to remember three hours of a show to begin with. So, I, I mean, it, it, I was I can remember saying that it wasn't bad. It was okay, but it, it wasn't bad, but it, it was it was okay. It was nothing um memorable in my opinion that happened. So I was actually looking more toward uh toward SmackDown. Actually, yeah. if we're just, if we're just gonna talk about WWE shows first, I was actually looking really forward to SmackDown this week. Oh yeah, we can talk about SmackDown next. But just uh just to cap off on Raw. Um, it was really cool to see Titus O'Neil in Raw Underground. I think Raw Underground is pretty much the highlight of Raw. To me, it is. Um, and Jessamyn Duke and Marina, I think they really, because this is kind of their wheelhouse, I think this is a good way to develop them as not only characters, but also as performers. Um, my God, someone needs to... I don't, Marina, I don't wear that again. Please, for fuck's sake, don't wear that again. Um, (laughs) But I think, but I do think that is a very, very smart idea for them to to get developed as characters. So I'm kudos to that. Um, Again, I love, I'm excited for Asuka versus Mickey James part two. Um, Takeover Toronto is one of my favorite Asuka matches, and that was. Mickey's comeback to the WWE in general. So I I hold sort of a lot of nostalgia 
towards that match and take over. It was just like it is just what it's just like a lot of good feelings tied to that match. So that's why I'm so happy that that's happening again because I just I don't know I just always had like good memories tied and good vibes tied to that match. So I'm super happy that it gets to get brought back. And I mean, that's pretty much it with Raw. Um, and then we can go into SmackDown. So what about so so what are so what about SmackDown did you guys like this week? Okay, so to, to me, SmackDown was like pay-per-view quality, if that makes any sense. Like the like the thing. Okay, I was going off on this. Like Nia and Shayna just when they were going off against Sasha and Bailey, and then, then they did that synchronized when they were holding them and they just started bashing them into the barrier. I was just like, <gasps> like insert surprised Sean Spears gift here. Like it was, that was fucking rad. And that match went on for a very long time, which if y'all have heard our, our episodes before this one, we've been kind of riding their ass that their women's matches have been super ridiculously short or ending on like weird roll-ups or whatever, which uh, I really hope Simon Miller head has not implode from doing all the math from that he's been doing lately. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, the Bailey Sasha implosion finally happened. Um, the, I mean, it was actually probably one of the best SmackDowns I've seen in a really long time. Yeah, I thought SmackDown was really good. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I thought it was really good starting off with, uh, well, actually, I missed the first, I missed a good chunk of it just because I was making banana bread. So I came in on the, I missed the the Paul Heyman um, Roman segment, and I came in at the very end of the Ms. Morrison um heavy machinery match so i caught when i guess uh otis did the vader bomb on the miz and got the pin uh, my question is for that though is was morrison always like an airhead uh, from what i remember when anytime that he's teamed with the miz his stupid switch gets flipped on so but like he he usually wasn't like he I mean, he was called the shaman of sexy, and, you know, honestly, he looks good as a Jim Morrison impersonator, but, um, sorry, there's like a moth in my house, and it just flew past my shoulder, it scared the shit out of me, um, uh, he, I mean, he was always pretty, he wasn't, like, stupid, stupid, but, like, when he gets with the Miz, it's stupid, stupid, and I actually liked that segment where he stole the money in the, in the bank briefcase because I was like okay okay this makes this could be good because you know he is a former he's a former money in the bank competitor so that would be awesome I love the switch at the end where Tucker's all flipping out like he stole your briefcase he stole your briefcase and Otis is like no he didn't and he opened up the lunchbox and that's where the fucking contract is and yeah I I, I thought that I thought that was really funny too yeah Um, but moving on to oh sorry go ahead no, it's just that whole segment was actually like, that's the funny, like, that's the kind of funny stuff that I like to see because Tucker's like, well, what's in the briefcase? And, you know, Otis does that, uh-oh, like, thing he does. <laughs> and Morrison opens it up and he starts seeing, like, all that weird shit Otis kept in it with that sandwich and he goes to buy it, bite into it, and lives with the bad boy showing so 
<laughs> but yeah, yeah, SmackDown was good. So when I got to the uh, tag team match with the, uh, with the with Shayna, Nia Jax, and stuff, I thought the match was really good. Um, obviously, Nia Jax still moving a little slower than the other three. She can't really keep up with them. But I think Shayna and Nia Jax actually still wait play well off of each other, especially with the swinging into the barricade. Um, I honestly thought they were going to go with the same finish when uh, Shayna was messing up um, um, Sasha's knees, and then I thought she was going to choke Bailey out, but they didn't. They took that crossbody from Nia Jax. She got the pin. So all in all, that match was really good. The beatdown that Bailey gave Sasha was round of applause. Honestly, that's what Mandy should have been doing to um, Sonya Deville. She should have been whooping her ass like Bailey was. My only question was, I just, I was trying to connect the reason as to why Bailey attacked her tonight. Um, I went back and looked at the match and I was trying to see, did I, was there anything in the match that happened that just made Bailey like flip a switch and just beat uh, Sasha up like that? And I really couldn't find anything. So I guess we're just gonna have to wait till Friday next Friday to see why um, she's she did that. Uh, obviously, Sasha's going to be off TV for a while, which, from what I was reading, is because there's a lot of Mandalorian, Mandalorian Season 2 press stuff going on that she's going to be doing, um, which that makes me kind of feel like she doesn't have, like, a small character if they're having her doing a press junket. Um, but yeah, other than that, I thought it was cool. I like, I'm excited to see where the Sami Zayn thing is going. Are they going to put the title back on him? Are they going to leave it on um, Jeff Hardy? So, all in all, yeah, it was cool. I like that. Uh, I like that Jay Uso is getting a title shot, even though he's going to be slaughtered by his own cousin yeah. for the good. It's <laughs> for the good, um, just to show that Roman's like, I will demolish any and everyone. I'm kind of upset that. Biggie didn't get the win just for on the win factor, but I'm happy that he didn't win just because I didn't want to see him get slaughtered to all hell. Um, so, yeah, all in all, SmackDown was really good. I really liked it. Um, for me, SmackDown has been a little bit more consistent as opposed to Raw. Raw has its points where it's just like, this is a pretty consistent Raw. It's good. But Mac- SmackDown, SmackDown is like, it's really hitting it for me, so... I'm I'm actually more I'm excited. I can't wait to see SmackDown next Friday because I just want to see what how everything's gonna play out. Honestly, I don't remember Raw. I could kind of care less what happens on Raw next week. Oh, I remember what happened on Raw. They had that whole build up. It was like three matches about who was gonna uh, face Drew McIntyre at Clash of Champions. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it was, it was just bullshit because Randy and like KO got jumped by Alistair Black. Do- we knew Dominic wasn't going to go, so it came down to Seth, uh, Seth, Randy, and Keith Lee. And even though Keith did most of the work in that match, Randy Orton won. I'm like, well, you just, what the fuck is this even the point for? Because we knew he was going to go after him again. Well, That's- I think it, it was more so they needed to have a reason as to why he got the match instead of them just giving him because they only, they don't do automatic rematches whenever they don't feel like it, quote unquote. But it was basically just a way to say, hey, 
yes, he has another match, but it's because he won the match. Because obviously Dominic was Dominic was not going to win that match. They're not going to go back to uh, Rollins. Uh, Keith Lee is he's not going towards McIntyre. From what I've been hearing, they might put him in a program with Seth Rollins, or they might put him in a program with Bobby Lashley. Um, and so for me with the match with Randy Orton, I wasn't really upset about that because it did two things. It, for one, it put him in the final to where he could win to get that title shot. And then it furthered the storyline with Aleister Black and Kevin Owens, where Aleister Black is now a heel. Kevin Owens is the baby face. Because um, if you notice at the end of the match, when um, when Orton RKO, RKO Keith Lee, he didn't pin him. He went over to Seth Rollins. Um, so so Keith protect- is protected. Yeah, right. Keith is very protected right now. So right now it's one of those, are we going to go for Keith Lee versus um, Seth Rollins? Because Ray Mysterio is out with a torn uh, bicep. Um, I don't know if they're going to continue that, continue with the Dominic story. Obviously they shouldn't. They, I don't know if they're going to continue with it because Ray's not there. So they might put him in a program with uh, Keith Lee. Um, or Keith Lee might go into a program with Bobby Lashley, and then Seth, Roll- Seth Rollins might get put into a program with um, uh, uh, why am I jumping on his name? He smacked him in the back of the head, like, hella hard. Um, Buddy Murphy. So there might uh, yeah. be a program with Buddy Murphy um, and Seth Rollins, because it looks like Seth Rollins might be leaving around Hell in the Cell, because Becky's pregnant and she's going to be giving birth. So it might be where he might put over um, Buddy Murphy. So there's a lot of things that they're working out because they're also trying to rebuild WWE. So a lot of storylines that were supposed to happen pre-COVID got changed. And then during COVID, they had storylines. And then those are getting changed when they're starting to see how viewership is working money-wise. So that's why a lot of things this past like couple of weeks or a month where it's like you'll see an advertisement for like Sasha and Bailey versus Shayna and Asuka is like last minute they're doing a bunch of a bunch of changes because the match with um, Bailey turning on Sasha if we go back to SmackDown that was a last minute change as well because at one point they weren't going to have them um, attack have Bailey attack her, they were going to try to possibly like push it out a little bit and maybe try to get Sasha onto um, Raw. But in the end, it was ultimately up to Sasha what she wanted to do because one of the things that she requested in coming back to the WWE um, last year was she wanted to be put in a tag team with Bailey. And that's why we saw that when she came back. Um, but I guess we're going to move forward with it. So we might end up getting a Hell in the Cell match with Sasha and Bailey. So I think Naomi and and Bailey are going to be at Clash of Champions. So Hell okay. in the Cell right now, there's going to be a one Hell in the Cell with, with the men. And then right now they're either looking at Asuka and Shayna for Hell in the Cell or Sasha and Bailey for Hell in the Cell. But who knows because Vince is changing everything. Yeah. So just to circle back to SmackDown. So Alexis, what did because I know you said you really liked everything with Shayna. You were previously saying you really liked everything with like Shayna and um, Nia Jax. What they're doing with the tag team? Yeah, because like at first I was like, because you know my love for put together mishmash tag teams is not there. Um, 
But, like, the way I saw them walk out on SmackDown, I was just like, and I, I said it on our Twitter, I'm like, these are the kind of bitches, if I saw them walking down a dark out like alley, I'd, I'd, get, I'd be like, oh, fuck, I'm dead. Because they just gave off, like, this badass, like, because, you know, like, y'all know we, we go hard on Nia. But yeah. I was like, I got yeah. this badass vibe from the both of them. And then it's just like, you know, I don't know if Nia's trying to take it easy because, you know, she did just come back from double knee surgery, which that right there just sounds horrible. And I would never want to go through something like that. Um, shout out to anybody who has because y'all are y'all are the real OGs here. But just the way they worked in that match and the, the way that they were kind of just like. The best way I can describe it is that when you see a woman heel in WWE, all they do is go after somebody's looks. And they did this to Sonya, too. They would go after someone's looks. They would do, you know, really petty, shitty, catty things that apparently that's all the writers know how to do in WWE. And I'm just like, these two look like they're just here to fuck shit up and leave. And when they did that double barrier, you know... uh what was it? The the thing where they just swung them into the barrier. Yeah. I lost my shit because I was just like, I have, I, I, you don't see that, especially a lot on SmackDown. That's like usually something they do on a pay-per-view and the fucking synchronization that they had. I was just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like I was going crazy. Um, I, I like Shayna. She is growing on me. Um, I've always I liked her style of wrestling, but her character was just like, oh, she's a bully, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm just kind of seeing like she's here to fuck your day up. We are looking at a future raw woman's champion. And I am I am strictly okay with that. Like I uh, I'm not a big heel girl, but I I, if this is I'm ready for some just bad bitch fuck you up heels that's what i've been missing yeah i think what i also appreciate about Shayna is that she's one of the very few people who have developed more as a character on the main roster than they did in nxt and that's like very that's literally a dime a dozen like she's developed so much for the better on the main roster than she did on NXT and she still has been able to maintain being like the scary and this dominant heel. But not only that, but speaking of heels, so we had Roman Reigns who opened up the show with um Paul Heyman. So regardless of everything what Paul Heyman because I'm like I'm 50-50 with Paul, Paul Heyman. I like him sometimes. I can't stand him the other half of the time. Um, I understand why they kind of would have picked him to go with Roman for this. Am I happy about it? No, not necessarily, but I get like, I sort of see the end game of it or I see like what they're trying to do because they're trying to make like, if Roman Romans was, has been a face for so long, the fact that he's like a Bailey, like when you make them a heel, you have to make them a heel. Like, mm-hmm. you can't, you got to push, you have to keep going as far as you can. So what I, I really like about it, I just really like the pre- presentation of him 
Like, he's really just a badass who, like, doesn't care and is going to do what needs to be done to maintain his status. And honestly, his t-shirts are two for two. I'm waiting for it to be in the sale in WWE shops for me to justify buying those shirts. But, yeah, those I'm literally getting both of those. <laughs> I just, I mean, Roman is a heel. It's, it's very, um, hold on, I'm trying to get Tiff in here. Roman as a heel, I think, is, is very refreshing. And the way he talks, we were joking, like, that's how his wife got pregnant. Like, he talks to her like that, and the next thing she knows, boom, she's giving birth to, like, tr- uh, Samoan triplets. God bless Galena. <laughs> team Rohe. That's all I'm going to say. Hashtag Team Rohe. So, and then I'll talk about another, and I'll touch on another thing, and then we can kind of move on, and we can move on from SmackDown. So, I actually missed this until um, Tiffany, until Tiff mentioned this. So, the little snippet of the woman walking in the red bottoms and the fur. So, who do you think that could be? Do you think that's a repackage or somebody, or do you think that's someone who's coming over from Raw to SmackDown, or do you think it's someone that we haven't seen in a while? Well, where the hell has Lacey been? I don't know. Okay, I was kind of, I was like, I hope it's not Lacey because she doesn't need it. I, I'm going with Dana just because if we're talking about like main roster, um, I'm going to go with Dana because I've seen her in pictures where she's rocking the Louis Vuittons. So that, I mean, that's, that would be a kind of cool thing for her. But I think maybe it's an NXT call-up. It could be either Chelsea Green or Vanessa Bourne. Hell, it could be Aaliyah. But I don't... I saw people saying, like, it's Eva Marie. I'm like, please, God, no. Um, and then what was the other one? People are saying that it could be... Um, oh, what's her tits? Oh, I saw someone saying it was Emelina. Emelina finally making her debut. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was just very weird because I just see like because I thought that would be like kind of something Mandy would do. Them, but, them legs are too. And I like no offense to Tiff, but Tiff was like, those are strong legs. I'm like, Tiff, those legs look skinny. Those are chicken legs. I said, those are some skinny legs. I was, I don't know what you're seeing. I don't, I don't know what you're doing, but those are skinny legs. So that's why I was trying to think. Because she was like, oh, it might be Manny and Dana. I was like, they're too built for them to have legs like that. Because women, unlike men, even when they work out, like, we still get really cool, muscular legs. Men don't. So I was like, I know it's not them too. So, so my assumption was either it's Eva Marie, which I wouldn't mind too, too much because she was improving. And she also has been training in ring for a while now. See, and for me, or it's the Carmella repackage. Oh, yeah. See, for me, the reason why I, I didn't think it was Eva Marie, because right now the WWE is not signing anybody. Um, so because they haven't they're not re-signing Brock and they're not re-signing Ray until this whole COVID thing clears up. So the reason why I figured it wasn't Eva Marie, because they're not signing anything to where it's like they're spending money because they're trying to look like they're cutting costs. So that's why I didn't think it was Eva Marie. 
I didn't think it was Mandy because I just thought it'd be really weird how she kind of had that whole like Mandy sexual character and then went to being FarmersOnly.com Otis's girlfriend. Oh. And then they're, oh. then they're just going to repackage her back to what essentially to me is from that little snippet kind of back to what she already was originally her character. So I don't know if they would do like a, a small video like that for her because she hasn't left or gone anywhere. Um, it could be Carmela, but to me also, that's already her character. So I don't know if they would actually do a vignette for her. I mean, she has been gone for a while. Um, so it is possible it could be Carmela. Um, well, it also, she, go ahead. No, no, go. I was just thinking something about Carmela. Um, it could also, I mean, it could be Dana because Dana has been working out. She could have lost some, some kind of weight or something. It could be they're repackaging Dana to someone else. I kind of think it's Vanessa Bourne. Um, I think it might be because at first I thought it was retribution, but then I found out that the people that we saw on Raw, those six people in retribution, they're actually not the final people in retribution. It's kind of like, well, these are the people that we we would like, but if there's something else or we need to move them somewhere else, we can. Um, I mean, it could be Chelsea Green. I don't think it Chelsea is. Chelsea Green said it's not her. Yeah, I don't think it is. So I'm going to go with either Vanessa Bourne, um, Dana, or for some reason, they're doing vignettes for a Carmella return. One of them three, or it's someone we've never seen before. Someone said it was me, yeah, and I was like, child, no. Definitely not. She has tattoos on her legs. And and on top of that, her uh, boo thing, Keith Lee, is on Raw, so she would not be on SmackDown, even though they're working out of the same area. But so in case, yeah, I either Dana, for some weird reason, they're repackaging Carmella into basically what her character already is with the stilettos and the fur and all that, or I think it's Vanessa Bourne. No, I mean, I think it could be Carmella because, like I, I said, it's like it's. It's chicken legs. Carmella is compared to some of the women on the roster. She's very uh, dainty. I don't want to say that because she can. I mean, she's great shape, but she is smaller compared to a lot of the women, especially if you think of them on SmackDown. Because uh, Lacey, Lacey's legs are Lacey's legs are goals. I would kill to have Lacey Evans' legs. Um, I think that would work for Carmella. Because, uh, I mean, if she's the princess from Staten Island, this that whole thing she was doing, it was just like it it kind of still to me, at least it still kind of lumped her in with Cass and Enzo, even when they separated them. Um, so maybe that would be her, because if she's saying she's the Staten Island princess or if she's still going to go with that, she could come back and say she's the queen of Staten Island or some bullshit like that and just come out looking like you know, mob wife, I would be okay with that. See, my thing is, if it is Carmella, like, let's take Liv Morgan, for example. When Liv Morgan was gone for a really long time and they came back and they started the vignettes, they clearly showed it was Liv Morgan. Like, she was in a bathtub, taking a bath, like, with the candles and whole nine. And my thing is, if it's Carmella, the way to me that they 
did the whole vignette it was it seemed like obviously they didn't want to show the person's face and i just feel like if it was carmela they would have cut vignettes just showing carmela's face talking about her and like who she is and wearing the heels and the fur coat but it seemed like they wanted to show you like this is a new a woman that's coming into the wwe we're not going to show your your face because we want you to be excited to figure out who it is we want you to anticipate who it is and i just feel like i don't think they would do that for Carmella. I feel like they would do that for um, maybe like a Vanessa, someone that we haven't seen before, and maybe someone like Dana, who's just like revamping their character altogether. Because for me, looking at that, and if we find out it is Carmella, to me, that's not really a character revamp because that's already in her character with the high heels and the fur coat. And I'm from New York and I'm, oh, I'm from Staten Island and the whole nine. So I'm just looking at like production wise, like this just doesn't seem like they would do that for Carmella. Not in a, not in a negative way at all. Not in a negative way. I don't know. Just, I don't know. But I'd kill for a pair of those Louis Vuittons. I'm not even joking on that. Like I think if it, was, if it was Vanessa Bourne on SmackDown, I think, I mean, Sasha just got taken out, so. I yeah, put Vanessa Bourne in there. All only thing I just don't have her walking down the ramp doing nothing and then turning around and going back. Mm. Just 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 don't do that. I I can't I can't take any more of that. Yeah. And that also kind of meets with the hires, like her whole like hires like character that she had. How she was just the hires and better than everybody else. I I mean, I don't know. I it got me hooked because I was like, oh what's this? And then they didn't give any explanation. It's just like, here's a set of really nice legs and really nice shoes with a fur coat. And we're only going to give you three seconds of this. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but people are talking about it, so I guess that they did their job right. It's back down straight into the must-see show of WWE. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, honestly, my thing was just that show is like almost pay-per-view quality. And I'm like, why? We need to talk about pay, uh, payback, if we can even remember anything from payback. I did not watch payback. Um, Let me go into... Uh, I mean, payback really... Um, Yeah, we can... T- let's... I'll touch on... Um, I'll touch on impact um, briefly, and then we can go into payback. So, um, so basically, so did either of you guys watch Impact or was I the only one who watched Impact? Uh, I, I saw a little snippets here and there of Impact, but I didn't watch it, watch it. Okay, so I'm only going to talk about a couple of things. Um, so if the previous week, if anyone has not watched the um, the Iron Man match between Jordan Grace and Deanna Prazo, you should watch it, especially if you're um, big into women's wrestling. And sorry that we didn't mention this earlier throughout the episode. Speaking of uh, women's wrestling, so um, Casey is it Mitchell from mm-hmm. um, he's the, he was the owner of Squared Circle Sirens, um, unfortunately passed away over the past couple of days. And um, 
I don't, they close out the fundraiser for him and his family. So they're not doing that. But the positive thing about that is that they end up hitting three times their goal, I believe, originally. So thankfully, his family will hopefully have enough um, funds to be able to cover his um, fu- um, his funeral expenses. But um, Casey has done a lot um, social media wise for uh, women's wrestlers and women's wrestling. So um, just may he rest in peace. And I think obviously, I, especially us at this on this platform, anyone else who has a platform who is advocating for wrestling, women's wrestling, I think the best honor his memory is to con- continue to do so and not take shit from anybody regarding mm-hmm. that. So I just also wanted to just uh, mention that as well. Um, Did but the call- yes ever ever come out because he passed away ridiculously young yes yeah, so um he's so um and i just don't want to touch on because i just don't want to drag it on too much but um he's suffered from a lot of health ailments for a while now um especially i think the past couple of weeks he's he's been in the hospital and he wasn't doing too well and unfortunately he um succumbed to his illness but um, yeah, he's been off and on sick for for a very long time, and obviously it's unfortunate that he died as young as he did, but um, I think it was amazing for Casey to be able to make an impact as large as he was able to in the short amount of time that he was on this earth. So um, just rest his soul, Casey. He is now, he, he is now, he gets to look at us being stupid now. So, um, but yeah, so, and I'm so happy that they were able to raise the funds necessary, but, um, again, so, um, rest in peace, Casey as well. Um, but I just, but the fact that I was bringing up that women's match, I felt like I I had to say his name because he's, in my opinion, he's so synonymous with women's wrestling, especially modern women's wrestling and advocating for it. But um, if you have not seen the Iron Women match between Jordan Grace and um, Deanna Perrazzo, you should watch it. That's one of the best matches I've seen this year. To be honest, man, man, fucking woman, child, fucking baby, uh, fucking rhinoceros, literally the best match I've seen. <laughs> one of the best matches I've seen this year. And if not only if you're a fan of women's wrestling, but if you're a fan of wrestling in general, you should watch it. And Deanna is a complete, is no, oh God, it's just insane how WWE let her go. They dropped it the is in, so and I know people like to say, oh, they were wasted. No, she was wasted in WWE, completely and utterly wasted over there. So um, that was amazing. But just to touch on, especially so this new episode, um, a lot of shit happened. We had. Um, Tennille Dashwood potentially um, challenging for the women, the Knockouts Championship next. Uh, we had a title change. Um, Eric Young is officially the new um, Impact um, World Champion. He got that shit away from Moose. No, that's a heavyweight championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and EC3 is going to probably eventually take that away from him. But... Um, he got it from Eddie Edwards, which I'm kind of bummed because Eddie Edwards is very transitional champion, but I mean, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. But Impact is, and also Wrestle House is like super entertaining. 
But yeah, I just I don't want to drag on about Impact too much. But honestly, um, Impact is like just super concise and super fun, and I feel like people should give it a chance and should watch it. Um, I think I always have a good time watching it. Um, I think because I was trying to consume so much and I've had such a long week that I don't really remember as much as I should about Impact because that was the early half of my week and it's a Saturday. But um, it's really great. And I think people should really give it a chance. It's just been amazing. So we're going to go into talking about Payback. Hey, Tiff's here. Hi. Hey, Tiff. <laughs> Hello. Oh, um, should we talk about NXT real quick before we talk about Payback? I don't sure. remember anything about NXT, so. The only thing I remember about NXT is Candice LeRae coming out in those 99-cent pixie wing bullshit things she was wearing. <laughs> and the uh, 60-minute Iron Man match. Which was, like, the main reason I watched NXT this week. And it was a, I liked it. And then now we're getting Baylor versus Cole next week. And I'm actually mm-hmm. for that. Oh yeah. That's exciting. I just don't, I just don't literally. And that's why I said, I was like, this is, su- we're recording such late in the week. So I don't remember a lot of what happened earlier. So that's why I didn't even bother recounting NXT. Cause I don't even really remember watching it. Even though I know I did. <laughs> So, um, and then I think we can do like a quick recap about everyone's thoughts about payback. Honestly, um, I, I got the cliff notes for payback. I did not watch payback at all. Um, I watched it in like Apollo lost, which pissed me off. He lost to Lashley of all fucking people. Um, let's see here. Um, it was we. It was kind of the pay per view we all said it was going to be, and then I mean, it, it's kind of weird when you have a pay when you have payback a week after when it, after SummerSlam where people were just like like Tiff and a few other people have said they didn't watch payback. They're like, you know what? I'll watch it next week when like I'm bored and I got nothing else better to do. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that was the same. Some, some surprising things did happen. I mean, you had, um, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler win the tag team titles, which I honestly didn't expect them to win it. And really it was that and Lashley getting that U.S. title that really threw me. But other than that, Every oh and then double submission though. It was good. That was a good match. I got to watch that after payback though. But I I liked it. And then you had the ending of payback, which okay. (laughs) We're gonna touch on that real quick. Um, and I know. I'm I'm already seeing a lot of people saying, and I've said it too, where a lot of people were saying they're trying to make Roman like Brock because he didn't sign the contract, he didn't show up to like the last two minutes of the match. I think which one of y'all called that that he was gonna do that? I did. Probably Nicole or or Janae, one mm-hmm. of them. 
they're always she all one of them always does it so it was probably one of them <laughs> so i um, did i was just like i said if roman does a thing where they have them two fight and then roman comes out later i was like i'm gonna be pissed because i was talking to uh songstress in the group chat and i i just said i was like i just have a feeling i said roman i said Bray Wyatt's going to come out. I was like, Brana, they're going to fight. I said, and Roman's going to come out after they basically kill each other to steal the pen. And she was just like, no, nah, I don't think that's going to happen. And then Bray came out. Braun attacked him. And I was like, I guarantee you, Roman's going to come out and he's going to take the win. There would be no reason to have Roman come out after they basically murdered each other and not get that belt. I was like, it doesn't make sense. And then that exactly would happen. I was just like, motherfucker. I I I don't know. I I wouldn't have a problem with Roman's heel turn if Heyman wasn't attached to it. I don't like it. And then after what I saw on SmackDown, I really don't like it. But it's entertaining, I'll say that. It makes me want to watch it so I can see how it's going to play out. But Payback was an okay pay-per-view. I mean, I felt like they could have waited like two weeks to do payback I didn't think they needed to go right after SummerSlam like that but that's just me Mm. yeah I mean I thought I thought payback I set my I set my I set the bar really low for payback because I was like I'm not this is stupid but I watched it anyway and I was pleasantly surprised it was it was okay um I saw the Iconics and the uh, Riot Squad matches. It was a match. It was all right. Nothing too fancy about it. The Riot Squad, they uh, end up winning, and now they're the number one contenders for the tag title shot. Um, and the Biggie, Icon- no more. The Iconics are no more. Um, Biggie versus Sheamus was two big, beefy sons of bitches slapping meat, and Biggie pulled out the win, so... <laughs> I was I was okay with that. Uh, the Baron Corbin Matt Riddle match I didn't really care for, so I wasn't really paying attention to it. Um, Matt Riddle won, and I thought that would be the end of that whole scenario. But then we're gonna get more of Baron Corbin and Matt Riddle. Love the WWE for running shit right into the ground. Reach um, the the Rey Mysterio Seth Rollins tag team match. I'm happy that they got the win. Sad that Rey Mysterio. Uh, messed up his bicep. Um, I thought they were going to put the end to that, but nope. They they were going to run that into the ground too until unfortunately Rey Mysterio got injured. The match was cool. Um, Dominic is really showing that he's taken to wrestling very well. He's learning. Um, he's learning very quickly. Well, I don't want to say quickly because he's been in the wrestling family for for since he was a child. Um, but he's learning from great wrestlers. So. I'm really excited to see what he can do once he gets better. Um, really surprised that the Keith Lee and Randy Orton match was a clean win. I was so sure McIntyre was going to come out still wobbling around like he got his head kicked off. Mm-hmm. Um, but they gave the the clean win with the Big Bang catastrophe. I think that, or whatever it's called. They gave Keith Lee the the big win and I love the pounce that he gave to Orton because the minute he pounced him, it was like slow motion of Orton flying. Wait, no, that was Ross. See, I'm getting all my shit mixed up. <laughs> um, 
but yeah the way Orton was selling I really I really enjoyed it they gave Keith Lee the clean win I knew Apollo Crews wasn't going to win that title uh, specifically because that new title was made for Bobby Lashley but now that Keith Lee is uh on the main roster he might be he might be the the new universal champion in the future um but yeah I knew Apollo Crews wasn't going to win that match um I knew Sasha and Bailey were not going to retain the titles just because they're trying to keep, they want to keep the tag team titles, little small side tree segue. They want to make raw the women's tag team hub where all the women's tag teams will be on raw. So they're going to keep the titles um, on raw. That's why on SmackDown, you don't see any tag teams. That's why Bailey and Sasha are done. And that's why you're not really, you're, you have that storyline with bliss and um cross but that's that's about to go sideways basically with bray uh wyatt the fiend coming in so i knew they weren't going to retain um they want to keep the tag titles on raw but the match was good um i like the chemistry that Shayna and naya have i like they kind of have this love hate for each other they hate each other but they like the fact that they're tag team champions i thought it was funny at the end when they won they both hugged each other and then realized they were hugging each other on camera and they like pushed each other away like hey don't don't do that we're not we're not showing that we care about each other right. that's not what we do i thought that was um really really awesome and then yeah the braun Strowman bray wyatt thing yeah i immediately knew i was just like this is what's going to happen and yeah that's the whole thing with uh roman reigns being with paul Heyman. Paul Heyman has a certain way of how he special counsels um, his his clients. See, and, that's what he calls it, special counsel. Yeah, special counsel his clients. Like special ed, but whatever. <laughs> and it's very reminiscent of how he does it with Brock Lesnar. He's a, he finds ways and loopholes to get his clients to uh, achieve whatever their goal is set on. So it is very reminiscent, reminiscent of him you know counseling Brock Lesnar the only difference is Roman will be on TV way more um than Brock Lesnar so I guess that's a that that's a plus side um so yeah I'm I'm curious to see where this goes there's a lot of people saying well maybe um Heyman is using Roman Reigns whatever blah 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 but for what we know now uh Mr. Roman with the good teeth is aligned himself with, with, uh, with Paul Heyman, and we'll see we'll see where it goes. I mean, at the same time, like I don't, I'm a heel girl. I love heels, Mm-mm. so like I don't I don't hate it, and I like the fact that I mean the man was getting booed as a babyface, so now they finally made him a heel, so he's gonna get booed. And having Paul Heyman next to him, having him pull all these stunts, is definitely going to get people to really hate Roman Reigns. So I mean yeah. So I mean it's whatever they're doing, it's 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 a working. But yeah. Set my bar low for payback. payback I I just didn't like I don't like Heyman as a as a heel manager. I know that he's great, but story kayfabe wise, I detest Paul Heyman. So the mere fact that Roman aligned with him just irritates me so I don't like it I don't I, like him I, I have no not but like Paul Heyman and I'm, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut on that because uh we'll be here forever in a fucking day 
Hey, thank you so much for sticking it out with us at Down for the Count. So we're just taking a little commercial break to let you guys know that we are on two social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. You can hit us up there with any news that you want us to discuss, any topic that you want us to discuss. We got you. Just send it to us. We are all for people. Well, sometimes sometimes <laughs> anyway so make sure you guys stick with us at down for the count and we're going to continue on with our show <laughs> i did read something interesting about mr Heyman, though and what was that he wears a size 60 suit <clears throat> no <laughs> so back in 2001 when ecw went under which mm-hmm. Ugh, enough on that. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, my hero. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know this one. Go ahead. Very good headspace, and he was planning to show up to WrestleMania with a gun and kill Heyman and then himself on the pay per view. What? Yeah. yeah. He yeah. admits to that because he, he, he goes, well, he he said, think about it. We for the last year in that company, because he goes, ECW, you know, the people who were there, that was our family, you know, he really, he really loves talking about that, because that was the promotion, he goes, let's be honest, WWE wouldn't pick me up, WCW wouldn't pick me up, like, where else were the, where the weirdos and the freaks supposed to go, and Heyman was basically telling them what they wanted to hear, like, oh, you know, you guys are great, we're gonna, we're family. We're gonna stick through this together. And then you hear stories about like, this is the only time I'll give Sandman credit, but like Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, a bunch of other, um, like one of the guys who were in the FBI and ECW, they came out and said it. Like the whole time Hayden's saying this, he's writing bounce checks. No one's getting paid. He's blaming this person, this person, this person about people not getting paid. The whole time he's talking to Vince. And then I think it was um I can't remember the guy was he goes I just remember being at home with some guys in the locker room when we turn on Monday Night Raw and boom there's fucking Paul Heyman doing commentary and basically the last like living leg of that company Dreamer Raven Sandman like whoever was left there they were trying to keep this company afloat everyone was coming to Tommy like what the fuck are we going to do? And Tommy's like, we're going to go out. We got one more pay-per-view. Let's just go out with a fucking bang. And after ECW went under, uh, Heyman still owes people a lot of money. He still, he's to this day, still owes Tommy Dreamer up to $50 million in back pay. Jesus. He, yeah, Paul Heyman was the reason why ECW went um, on went under like I remember the first time I saw ECW it came on like this local broadcast channel when I was yeah. in high school at like two o'clock in the, two morning. in the morning yeah two o'clock in the morning it used to be on the PBS channel then PBS would go off the air and then ECW came on and I distinctly remember I would I always leave my TV on for like background noise because it helps me sleep and I remember I woke up to use the bathroom and the first thing I saw was the Dudley boys putting Spike Dudley through two cha- tables set on fire with a bunch of thumbtacks and barbed wire. And I was this like, is <laughs> this is 
awesome. And at that point, I was still, I was, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really watching wrestling anymore. No, it wasn't high school. It was actually, yeah, it was. It was. I wasn't watching wrestling anymore per se. I was kind of like done with, and I saw ECW, and I was like, oh shit, this is dope. And then I stopped watching that. Um, but yeah, like Paul Heyman when WWE took over. Paul Heyman was running that and he basically he ran it into the ground. And once he ran it into the ground, he got switched back over to WWE and he basically left all these guys hanging because another thing, too, was once ECW, once everyone found out ECW was was basically going under, Paul Heyman was making promises to some of these wrestlers like, yeah, you'll be moved over to Raw, you'll be moved over to SmackDown. Like he was promising them, like, we're going to move you over to here and there. And a lot of them didn't even get that. He made a lot of promises he didn't keep. So a lot of people were upset. So when I, when I read that story, yeah, he was actually going to kill Paul. On, and like He wasn't even going to wait until after. He wanted to do it on live television. He wanted everybody to see it. Mm-hmm. That's how like upset he was. He had a lot of untapped anger because it's just like he goes, or uh, Tommy was just saying, he goes, you know, he we put a lot of faith in Polly. We put a lot of faith in that company. We we built that company. We created that company. And he's like, it's still 20 years later, and people are still talking about ECW to this day. And he's just like, he really, he fucked up a lot of shit with people. And I think he owes Tommy Dreamer like $50 million. He owes Rhino $20 million. He owes uh, he owes the Dudley boys money, which I'm really surprised Bubba Ray hasn't showed up at his house and beat the shit out of him for it. Um, same goes for Sabu, Sandman, Raven, like all the all the all the people who made ECW who were still there at the end of the run. They he still owes them money and it pisses me off because, you know, he gets paid so much money to be Brock Lesnar's ball washer. He could pay those guys back. But yeah, he walking around in Tom Ford custom suits. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I was watching ECW like two thousand, like very early two thousand, because it went under not very long after that, like ninety nine two thousand. Yeah, he destroyed that company, and mm-hmm. it sucks because ECW was like that was the home of like if you wanted to see some hardcore crazy shit you would go to ECW because they would guarantee you some crazy. And the thing about it too, is like, it was just like before WWE took over, it was like crazy hardcore. And then when WWE did take over it, it was just like, it didn't, it didn't have the same feel as it, as it, as it used to have had. Yeah. It didn't have the same feel. It was totally different. That's so, why, yeah. that's why with the original one night stand pay-per-view that they did, that's like one of my top five pay-per-views. I will go back and rewatch that. Like the part where Tommy Dreamer, sorry, Tiff, I know this is going to cross you out. The part where Tommy Dreamer gets a fucking cheese grater to his face and he's just like, his face is just covered in blood. And oh my the, God. And the Impact players come out and they start beating the shit out of Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman and the Dudley boys. And then here comes fucking Beulah McGillicuddy who was Tommy's girl in ECW and they're actually married in real life with two beautiful little girls. And it just makes my heart so happy seeing that she comes out and she like street, she like bitch fights. Cause that's the thing. Like 
oh, you guys think they were cat fighting in WWE at the time? No, ECW, those bitches were fighting each other. Like, it was like the fights you would see at, like, the bar and the clubs at, like, at 1 a.m. on a Saturday. That was the kind of girl fight <laughs> they were doing. And, That's crazy. And so, you know, they take out the Dudley boys. Like, you can see Bubba taking the hit, so Francine wouldn't, or Beulah wouldn't have to do it. And there's this part where they stand up, and Tommy just looks at her, and Beulah's smiling. He goes, I fucking love you. And <laughs> they just give each other, like, a huge hug. Oh, my God. Oh. But, like, um, that, that whole yeah. paper, I was like, that, that was the send-off ECW deserved. Not what Heyman did to him. Sorry, it's just my random. No, on. you're fine. Well, ladies and gents, I hope you enjoyed that little preview about Tommy Dreamer and his plans for Paul Heyman. I know that it was a little dark, but that was crazy, right? Ooh. Paul Heyman paid them people their money. Why do you? Why are you not paying them the money? And you walking around in custom made time for a suit, darling? Hmm? What's going on? Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this little interlude. Let's get back to the show. We're going to jump right back into the payback pay-per-view results and what we felt about it. See you in there. Um, just to circle back, and um, does anybody have anything else they want to talk about on payback? Because... I want to talk about the PW list, and then I'm, I'm going to have to get out of here after that. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of pissed off that this was the match that Roman, or excuse me, Braun and Bray had. That was the match we should have got at SummerSlam. How hard they were going in on each other, that should have been what we got at SummerSlam. Yeah. But, it, it, I mean, it's also a little unfortunate. I feel like Alexis did make a point a while earlier when when it, the payback first happened and she was just like, um, I feel like Bray shouldn't have won the title back. Like it just seemed a little messed up to give him the title for a week and then have him drop it that next Sunday. Yeah. And at first I was just kind of like, well, you know, Bray will bounce back. But when you think about it, it is messed up <clears throat> because for the better part of the pandemic, Bray Wyatt was the focal point, and even though he was out for a little while, he still made it worthwhile to watch SmackDown. Without him, you wouldn't have watched it. So it was it was messed up, and it didn't really do Bray justice. They should have left it on Braun Strowman, and then they should have let Strowman be the one to drop the title to Roman. Um, I also didn't like the fact that from what I hear, Roman came back. WWE knew he was coming back, and they held that information from Braun and Bray until minutes before their match at Payback. They didn't yep. know. So maybe that's why they went a little extra hard, just the two of them, and they're like, fuck it, you know, what do we got to lose at this point? I mean, that's fine. I don't mind. Put on a show. Like, do your job. Like, But they did that shit SummerSlam. They SummerSlam was the reason why that match looked so weird. They changed that shit, and and that's what made me go, okay, I'm all for you, like, showcasing Roman or whatever, but not at the expense of two people who actually worked during the pandemic. Now, I'm not shading Roman for anything, because he had to leave. That was to protect himself and his family. So I'm not 
attacking him or going at him for that. The reality of the situation is you had two wrestlers who put their health at risk to stay. So with that being said, you should have given them the platform to showcase at SummerSlam, not cut their match to be this this little rinky-dink match that they had and then give Roman all the glory. Because everybody was talking about Roman. Nobody cared about Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt's match. They didn't care about it. When you go back and watch it, you're looking at it and it's just, you're just like, what the fuck was this? Like that... That was unfair to them. And then you go into payback, and payback is when you actually get a fight out of both of them. And then once again, it's taken from them. So I, in the story, it makes sense, okay? You're looking at it from a story perspective, you're like, okay, that works. Cool. When you look at it from reality, it's messed up for Braun Strowman and for Bray Wyatt. First of all, on Bray Wyatt's part, he had to drop the title a week after winning it. For Braun Strowman, he didn't really get... I know Strowman isn't the greatest wrestler, and I know that wrestling longer matches, like Nicole said last time, really exposes him in his weaknesses of wrestling. But at the same time, he did deserve something for at least doing what was given to him because he wasn't supposed to get the title. At all. So for him to have that title and to do what he do his job, he deserved better than that, is what I'm saying. Both of them did. Yeah, and the thing about it, and I'll touch upon it, we can move to the 500 PWI list, is it wasn't just two, it was three, because the original plan was Bliss was supposed to have some kind of influence in that match. Oh, yeah, I forgot about and that. When they found out, literally, like literally minutes before the match, hey, change of plans. Roman Reigns is sitting in the trailer that's been that's been sitting in the parking lot that everyone's been wondering about. It's Roman Reigns in there. He's going to come in and basically wreck everybody. So we're having a change of plans. So you're just going to fight in the ring, go back into Gorilla, fight there, come all the way back, um, and then that's going to be the end of the match. I thought that was just like really shady because. You messed it up for three people. Like there was storylines already set in place. Bray Wyatt again didn't need to win. Then you could have just kept the belt on Braun, and then during payback, since you had to have payback with Roman in it, then you could have had Roman um, pin Braun that way. Like you basically Sasha Banks Bray Wyatt. You literally Sasha Banks him. Because what was Sasha the- got to keep it for at least a, a two week, three week period. Like he literally had it days. Well, Sasha lost one, lost her title eight days later. And then um, Bray lost his seven days later. So he, he has the new record for the shortest amount of time of holding a title for one of his titles. But it's just like that. That's so screwed because even Bliss was on Twitter with someone was like, where were you? And she was like, good question. Like she was there ready to go, ready to play her part. I'm going to be honest, I don't care that Bliss wasn't a part of that um, because she's had many opportunities. Many. Well, yeah, but I'm thinking, I'm speaking more of this from the coming in and basically changing up the storyline. Even and for her, her, honestly, it's still yeah, a matter for her. That's what I'm saying. I don't, for yeah. her, I just don't care because Bliss is not like, this is not like Nikki Cross. If she was Cross, I would be upset. 
I'd be like, okay, Nikki deserved that. You feel what I'm saying? But you're talking about a woman who's a five-time women's champion and was literally a part of every single pay-per-view for the last three years. She's and fine. bulldozed through the women's division when it, even when it wasn't realistic. So Thank again, like I don't feel bad for her whatsoever. Yeah, Thank it you. sucks that she didn't have um, the storyline that she really wanted to be a part of, but I don't feel bad for her. I really I, don't because I mean, there's plenty of women who don't get any of the opportunities that she gets. Like like her partner Nikki or Dana. Or hell, Carmella. Carmella had one good one title run where she was actually uh, um, the heel for that, and that was it. You got other women in the back who aren't getting the opportunities, and she's still in main storylines. It just so happened that she wasn't on SummerSlam. So for me, Liz can eat a dick. I'm sorry. I, I don't care that she's not a part of that or she wasn't in SummerSlam because her storyline is still running. She's going to be on the Firefly Funhouse next week. She's going to be the special guest. There's a whole storyline centered around her and Bray Wyatt. So you have no reason to be complaining, is my point. Braun Strowman, on the other hand, is being pushed down to the mid-card after being the universal champion, okay? And Braun Strowman doesn't have the longevity that Alexa Bliss has. So the more the problem is... Braun, more specifically, and then you got Bray Wyatt, who, like I told Alexis in the group chat, like, he's going to recover anyway. He's one of the favorites in the company as far as his creativity and amongst the fans. He'll be fine, but it was still messed up how he was done. Braun Strowman isn't going to recover like that. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be Bliss in the firehouse. She's going to be in there. She's going to be the one. Well, they just... He's going to have a new character named Wobbly Walrus that's going to show up. Yeah, she's going to show up in there, though. But she's going to be there. If she doesn't show up, then she's going to show up at some point. Because the story is leading to those two crossing paths. Because she's obsessing over him. You can see it. It's slow, but it's happening. And that's fine. Oh, yeah, I know that, yeah. Yeah, so that's why story, I don't think, I don't understand why she was so butthurt. I'm like, wouldn't you want to have a slow burn? Like, this is a good slow burn. Exactly. Like, calm your tits. Facts. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Nicole, well, enjoy your lake house, girl. You fucking deserve it. Okay. Facts. All right, peace Bye. out, everybody. Bye, Nicole. Bye. Bye. I don't know. I I kind of have to. I would rather watch MJF go up against um, Moxley. It seems like to me MJF is a viable heel. Everybody knows how good he is at his character. His wrestling is okay. He's not terrible. He's okay. But MJF makes you want to watch. You know what I'm saying? I would watch of the physicality of Brian Cage, but it just seemed like they just did that to hot for the hype of Brian Cage. It doesn't look like they were trying to do anything with him per se. It was just like, oh, Brian Cage is going to be here. He's hot right now. Let's get a match with him and Moxley. He's not going to win it, but we're just going to give him that and then be done with it. You know what I mean? It was really just a just a way to get Moxley to have a match and that that in itself is is kind of messed up but 
I, I genuinely don't know what happened with All In. I know that I got a couple of messages telling me that it was great. You should watch it. It was a good, it was a great couple of matches. The matches I saw were awesome. And then I kept seeing like the botches from some of the matches. And I was like, oh, okay. It was a really big botch. I did see that Lance Archer is now the number one contender. Yeah, so what's either going to happen, if y'all haven't been, you know, if you're like us, All In is currently going on. Uh, I have been trying to live tweet the show, but I'm going to be honest, uh, The after the Matt Hardy thing, I kind of just, I can't care anymore. FTR is the new tag champs. Hooray for them. Whatever. I mean, I knew they were going to be champions, so that's not surprising. Did Matt Hardy win? Um, here's what happened. Um, if you go to our Twitter right now, down for the count, uh, Rebby Hardy is pissed. And for once, I agree with her. It's basically what happened was that Matt and Sammy were going to have the Broken Rules match. And if that W. They do this spot where they're on. It's on the Twitter if you want to go check it. It's all over Twitter, honestly. Mm-hmm. They spot where they're on top of a crane and Matt tries to do the side effect but like Sammy reverses it and they do this nasty spill onto supposedly it was supposed to be they land on they go through two tables they overshot the uh, crane and tables measurements and Matt landed in a way that no one should fucking land. Oh, wow. Yeah, so basically, yes, sorry to cut you off. Sammy speared Matt Hardy. They overshot it. Matt Hardy's legs, they were backstage. Matt Hardy's legs broke the table, and his head from 15 feet hit the concrete. (gasps) Yeah. Is he okay? Um, he, I've been following the story. He has been taken to the hospital. Rebby Hardy has gone to Twitter and I can't believe I'm going to say these words in fucking 2020. I agree. Rebby Hardy go off. This is the one time I will not be mad at you for going off. This is what she posted on Twitter. It's a text message that she sent Matt. Janae sent it to the chat, but I just found this on Twitter. This is from Rebby Hardy's Twitter. Let me be absolutely fucking clear. There is nothing entertaining about a concussion. Shame on everyone in that goddamn building. And here is a text that Matt sent her. Love you. I got to hit the football field in just a minute to start our match. Hope you're okay. That was the last tweet he sent her. These were the tweets she sent Matt. I love you. Don't be dumb. What the fuck? You practically cleared that table. What the fuck, Matt? What the goddamn fucking fuck? I am not going to shame her for trying to, um, for protecting her husband or being upset about what she saw, but I'm going to tell you the truth. This is why I say what I say about AEW. I am not attacking them because I don't want them to succeed. But you cannot do these crazy ass stunts with somebody like Sammy Guevara, who is not experienced and doesn't have the know-how to do it. Matt Hardy is the veteran. It just, it gets it shouldn't have happened. Well, here's what happened. Audrey 
through the X. She held up her hands in an X. And anybody who's been watching wrestling for a while knows that if that ref pulls up their arms in the form of an X, some real shit just went down and matches over at that point. That's what should happen. Doctors come out. And I would be calling for this guy's medical license at this point if I was Rebby. Like, Rebby, if you're listening, call for this dude's medical license. He checked Matt, and then he said Matt was cleared to finish the match. And And the the sad thing about it is he was cleared to finish the match because Matt Hardy wanted to finish the match. Because Matt said that he was good to go. And the sad thing about it is there is a clip that I'll put in the chat, too. Matt Hardy can barely stand. He's Matt basically was- grabbing onto Sammy Guevara's tights to the point you can see Sammy Guevara's, like, half of his ass cheek hanging out. Because the man couldn't even stand. As a doctor, it's not – if someone – as a wrestler falls and hits their head from 15 feet, it is no longer their decision of whether or not they can continue. It should be up to the doctor to be like, hey, you can't continue. The doctor let him continue the match. They basically cut the match short because he wasn't, he couldn't continue, but they let him continue anyway. There was a spot they had to climb up the side of some railing. He almost slipped and fell there because his head is just in every different direction. And then that's how he won because AEW wanted to continue the story because they didn't want to have Matt lose because the whole plan was for Matt to win. So Matt didn't have to leave AEW. And I'm sitting here like you could have called off the match and said, hey, he was too hurt to continue. This is serious. Once he gets better and he and he's clear to go, we'll do the match over again. But no, AEW was like, yeah, he's good. Continue. And then they posted the spot that he fell and hit his head on Twitter. I'm looking at it because I retweeted it. The tw- I can't find it. Yeah, they deleted it because everyone's like, why would you why would you post that? And then the AEW marks. And y'all can come at me all y'all want to. All of a sudden, now they're all making excuses. They were just like, oh, well, maybe it was pre-recorded. Maybe it was a work. One, no. that's a terrible creative work that you guys are going to. And two, those text messages that Reba just posted shows that it wasn't pre-recorded. It happened live right there. So I'm just like, again, that's my thing with AEW. They always try to go for these big, crazy spots, not at the end, but all throughout the match. And it's like, you guys are more concerned with having these, ooh, wow, crazy, cool spots than just having a plain, simple wrestling match. Tip, this, it is bad. Like, this kind of changed the whole motion of the pay-per-view because if you, like, even hardcore AEW fans are going off on them right now. Um, I like here's some of the tweets here. Hang on, let me let me find them. Uh, uh, here's one from Elliot zero one three one six. Please tell me you're firing whoever arranged the table and lifts that fucking close eat to each other. Do you people not understand but basic fucking physics? At Eric Peterson, that's why the stipulation that Matt Hardy leaves if he loses was dumb. Wasn't necessary to further the storyline between him and Sammy Guevara. Match should have ended when Doc called it the first time, but they had to keep it going. And then my first, my personal favorite Twitter handle of the day, at Dick Tickles. <laughs> I'm thinking this was not part of the work. Matt missed the first table, conked his head, needed a few minutes to recover, and then they went straight to the finish. 
Bad idea to do such a spot so early in a match. That's just asking for things to go wrong. Yeah, Matt was literally knocked out for a minute. Like you, it's like he's at the hospital right now. The story's still falling, and Tony Khan has to come out because they are still. I mean, like they are dragging AEW for this. This happened like an hour ago, and people are still like on their ass for it. And uh, people are like Tony Khan came out and was saying some bullshit stuff. People are calling him out. Like you let this happen. Do you do you realize? Matt could have died and his last tweet to his wife would have been, I love you. Like, okay. I, and the thing about it, just, both times Matt's gotten injured is by, was, he was wrestling Sammy Guevara. I'm not saying he's the cause of it, but it's like, obviously Sammy is not that trained of a wrestler with that much skills for, for that to be happening. Like well, he should not have been put in a position. Well, I agree with the one, the one dude who was tweeting this. Like, did you guys not, think to count the I mean I'm not trying to say everyone needs to be a physics major while they're sitting up shit in the backstage but like don't you think that if you've worked enough wrestling events you know especially if someone gets speared you're not going straight down you're going down at an arch did you not think to maybe try to move the tables a little bit out because tip I'm not even joking the clip we had on the on the Twitter account before it got deleted you could hear Matt's head hitting the concrete. No, 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 no. Like, and then that's what's pissing a lot of people off, too, because they threw up that, you know, Audrey threw up the X. And then that doctor's like, well, if he wants to continue, he can continue. And people that's just want off. See, you're liable. And this is the thing. If something would have happened to Matt Hardy, you would have had another situation similar to what happened with um the hearts when it came to owen hart dying on tv that is not okay not okay by a long shot AEW has to answer for that they need to correct this and if you're going to do these types of stunts then you need to prepare and you need to be better prepared for that and you also need to ensure that your wrestlers are capable of executing these types of stunts Sammy Guevara has already proven that he is a little bit too gun ho to do some of these things. And the first mistake was when he hit Matt Hardy over the head with that chair. And Matt Hardy got blood everywhere and was bleeding. And now you have another stunt, and it includes Sammy Guevara again. And now Matt Hardy is truly injured. And you're just like, it, the obliviousness is where I have an issue. I could care less if AEW has the best show or worst show or whatever. Your superstars at their core are your responsibility. The same expectation I expect of any other company is what I expect of them. They want to play in the big field, then you've got to take the heat like the big dogs do. You fucked up, so now it's time for you to pay the piper. You are going to be chastised for this for a very long time. And that's just the way it's going to be. You cannot go out there and do matches like this. And I, I don't just put that on Guevara, Sammy. Um, I don't just put that on him. you got to give um, Matt Hardy some of that, too. Matt Hardy has got to he got to stop these stunts. He's too old for this, number one. He's got a family that he has to take care of and look out for. He, he has a wife, and he has kids. He can't 
go out there and be jumping off a damn tables and cranes and shit and falling through tables anymore because it's not just him that he's responsible for. Now, what if something drastically happens to him, like where he cannot take care of himself? He's got very young children. Yeah. Okay, tip here. I'm going to I'm going to show you the clip. Hang on. Cuz I mean, I'm even seeing this on, I mean, Janae's seen it, Nicole was talking about before we started recording. Hardcore AEW fans are are pissed. And I mean, if you got the stands pissed, okay, this is what happened, ready? Look. <gasps> Cleared the table. His legs it broke. Didn't the table. even fall on the table. His it, whole head hit the concrete. Yep. You could hear. You can hear this. If you listen really hard, you can hear his head connecting with the concrete. No. And if, no, if I if I was fucking ready, I would be showing up again. I cannot believe I'm saying this in the year 2020, but weird things have fucking happened in this year. If I was Rebby Hardy, I'd be showing up at Tony Khan's door tomorrow. Ready to whoop his fucking ass, get the doctor, whoop the doctor's ass, and then sue the doctor for doing that, and then probably slap the shit out of my husband for being a fucking idiot. I I I may not be Rebby Hardy's favorite. I mean, I may not like Rebby Hardy, but she has a right to talk about her husband being hurt like that. That's just she is it's like and that's scary to watch it. You watched your husband fall like that. That is that is scary, and that's not that's not okay, not by, not by a long shot. And anybody who was sitting up talking about this is a great match and it was just an accident, no, this was something that didn't need to happen because the force of Sammy Guevara's spear is what overshot the table. Also, whoever set the shit up didn't set it up right. See, that's what I'm talking about. And it's like, and that happened like very early in the match, not middle way through, not halfway through. They literally had to cut out the whole match because of that spot. Why and didn't you just end it? it? What What did you, what were you trying to salvage? You, it wasn't like you, Matt Hardy was going to win the damn match anyway. So what were you trying to salvage? You risked the possibility of Matt Hardy injuring himself a second time while also you put Sammy Guevara in danger. Matt Hardy was not competent to finish this match. That is not okay. And that happened when they were climbing up that little scaffolding. He slipped. And it's just like... That's just dumb. That's just dumb. And again, this is no shade to to Sammy Guevara, but you know what, Sammy? If you're going to be a stunt queen... You need to learn how to at least do basic fucking shit before you start spearing people off of 15 fucking foot cranes onto a goddamn table. You and also- the thing is, I give credit to WWE and other things. Before they do big ass stunts, they practice them. Like, I believe Kevin Owens, he there was a practice jumping off the thing. They It seems like they didn't practice the stunt at all. They're like, we're going to put it in there and see what happens. They would have practiced it. They would have really, they would have put like really big, thick, heavy mats and practice it, they would have realized maybe that table is a little bit too close and we should pull it back more. I don't think they practice their stunts at all. No, and that's really fucking scary because honestly, if I was anyone who was under contract in AEW right now and they're like, well, for this, we want you to do this kind of, I'd be like, fuck 
that. I just saw what happened to Matt Hardy. I don't trust y'all. Fuck that. I ain't doing nothing. I'm, I'm floored. I don't understand. I I really that uh, that's upsetting. You know. And I don't I don't have. There's nothing to say about that other than that's fucked up. And. and- they're, they're still, they continued the match after that. How can you continue the match watching a man hit his head on concrete? And then you, as a licensed professional, come over there and say, oh, well, he wants to continue the match. He doesn't have the capacity to be able to make that decision. That is on you. You're the one who's supposed to be able to be able to see and understand that this man is not in his right mind. He clearly has a concussion. We all saw it, and we ain't got no damn licenses to be able to prove that. What? Mm-hmm. Never mind. Now, hold on. I'm going to look up Tony Khan here, because he's getting... Let's see here. Well, Tony Khan's been running his mouth for the last two weeks about how AEW's... <laughs> I don't even remember the name of You know what? I'm, I'm just officially done with AEW, because I'm actually... And this is... I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm... I'm uh, I, CNA medical assistant at least but like you see that shit happen and people have actually been saying it on Twitter this is what he they're like I'm out I'm officially out I can't I can't that spot took me the fuck they're like people are like this spot took me the fuck out you know what I I I'll say this and then we can move on because that's ridiculous when people question certain things that you love nobody's saying that you can't love them i never tell anybody oh well aw sucks you shouldn't watch it but you also should be intelligent about what you watch because if you weren't looking at it with rose-colored glasses you will see that there are cracks in the glass aew is doing everything in their power to try to overshadow and outshine wwe And at the end of the day, you are risking talent, quality, and time just to be able to say your pay-per-view was better than Payback. Your pay-per-view was better than SummerSlam. Your pay-per-view was better than WrestleMania. And every other pay-per-view that they've had compared to WWE's, oh, we blew them out the water. Clearly, we had a better pay-per-view. Yeah, at the expense of your superstars. Yeah, you had a better pay-per-view. One of your superstars almost died, almost killed themselves trying to do these crazy-ass stunts because we got to beat WWE, right? We got to be number one, right? It's not about the quality of the show or about the fans that you're trying to put, you know, get to at least be able to say, you know what? I enjoyed that pay-per-view. No, 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 no. It's about beating WWE in every aspect at every turn. That's going to be your downfall. That's going to be where you fail. Because every company who sets out to continue to try to beat the other is where they make their biggest mistake, their biggest flaw. And I'm going to say something, and then we can move on from here. WWE is in a rebranding phase, which I said months ago was going to happen because of this coronavirus. Right? You did. did. Okay. So now they're in a rebranding phase. Think about what happened with WCW. It took a minute to get to the point where they were like, okay, WCW is giving us a run for our money. We got to do something to rectify that, right? 
Yes. Same thing happened with TNA. They saw that everybody was going to TNA and they had all their old guys there. And they're like, hey, they're 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 tearing us apart. We gotta figure out how to rectify this, right? Yep. Same thing is happening here. In the next couple of months, you're gonna start to see a shift. Probably around the time with the WWE draft. When the draft happens and then everything starts to settle and they move into Royal Rumble is when things are going to start getting real stupid. And when I say stupid, I don't mean in a bad way. I mean in a good way. AEW is going to try to keep up. I promise you they will. But by then, they might be a little bit too late because they're they're thinking because they got the upper hand, right, for a year. Everybody's been talking about how AEW's dominating in NXT, Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views, all that. But nobody's been paying attention to how WWE has been quietly trying to change things. And that starts now with this whole talent situation they got going on. But that was done in public. We don't know what's being done behind the scenes. So mark my words, there are going to be slight little changes happening, and all of a sudden, things are going to start getting better. You're going to be enjoying the product, which is happening now with certain shows, okay? All of a sudden, all them little AEW bandwagon fanboys are going to be like, you know what? I watched SmackDown this week. It was pretty good. I watched Raw this week. It was pretty good. You know, I watched NXT and NXT UK came on. That was pretty good. I think I'm going to start watching it again. And then AEW is going to start backpelling in and pussy popping. Mark my fucking words. Because they are not focusing on their talent and the fans that watch the product. They're only focusing on on outdoing WWE. And that's where you fuck up at. Because WWE sees you. So they're going to do everything in their power to get rid of you without even focusing on you. That's what they're going to do. That's what they've done for the last 50 years. That's what they've done. So you keep on. Keep on going the way you're going. Tony Khan is not thinking. Neither is Cody. The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and for God's sake, SpongeBob SquarePants is not doing anything. And he used to be in WWE. So he should know how they operate and what they're doing. And he's just not being smart because he can't see past his own face. So y'all keep y'all keep going at the way you're going. In a minute, you're going to start to see that shit just bubbling up and bubbling up. And they're going to bypass right past your dumb ass. And you ain't going to see shit. Then you're going to start seeing all your little soldiers trickling over to WWE and they're going to be spread out between all four shows. It happens every fucking time. Like I'll say this and then we can definitely move on. I don't doubt once this pandemic ends and more wrestling opportunities start to open up for the wrestlers overseas um, within the United States and a lot of promotions can come back and start doing their shows. I wouldn't, I 100% guarantee you that AEW roster is going to be very thin. People are going to leave. Especially if New Japan comes to the States, which they did plan on doing. If New Japan, the minute New Japan goes over here, they're fucked. Because they're, I, I'm, I, my last words on this is that not just the ears, as a wrestling fan, the irresponsibility of this company is what's pissing me off. And I, as a wife, I can understand, like, if I 
saw my husband fucking fall 15 goddamn I'm, I'm sorry I'm cussing a lot but if I just saw my husband fall 15 fucking feet off a, a, a crane and he hit his head and I, I mm, the irresponsibility of this company and like as Tiff said it they can't see fall, like two inches from their own face like I would be oh I'm oh I'm so mad I'm shaking right now like I feel bad for Rebby Hardy because, look, I like I don't have no love lost for that woman because she opens her mouth too much. But in this case, she has a right to say whatever she wants. That's her husband. And that's her kid's father. And they just watched him fall off of a crane onto some concrete. And I don't see nobody in that company taking no responsibility for that. And that's another issue I have with them. They have a hard time looking in the mirror. Y'all all jump down WWE's throat real quick. How they don't do what they supposed to do. How they not diverse. And they not they not trying to be there for their wrestlers. Which we're going to move into the wrestler situation in a second. Y'all real easy. Real quick. Dishing out the bullshit when it comes to WWE. But you forget that AEW has a full-fledged, whether you like it or not, multi-million dollar company. And they ain't looking out for their superstars either. So what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If you're going to chastise one, you need to chastise the other. And I don't want to hear no bullshit about, well, they only been in business for a year. Nah, son. Nah. No. Get nah. it together. And do right by him and, and, and anybody else who gets injured in your company, especially when it comes to a stunt like that. When that man's wife is sitting up at home watching the pay-per-view and she got to watch her husband's head slam against the concrete. And I'm already seeing shit on Twitter. This guy, uh, his handle's Heel Brother. Dudes, let me write that again. Dudes are talking shit to Rebby Hardy for what? Being concerned about her husband and airing some frustration out. Personally, what did she do to you? I'm this, I'm with Tiff. I have no love for Rebby Hardy. I have gone off on her multiple times. But if she, this is just going to show you how what I can say this is going to show you how stupid wrestling fans are. I'm not calling sitting here calling myself a, a smart or whatever, but now you're attacking this woman for being angry about having her husband possibly have brain damage or been killed on TV and you're mad because she's which she is should she has all fucking right to wrestling fans you make me sick and I, I know I sound like Jim Cornette but y'all make me fucking sick <laughs> like fuck you guys like ugh. all right so um so we can probably we can start going we'll talk about the um PWI um 500 list John Moxley was number one on that list. Um, I, I, I disagree with that. I don't think John Moxley should have been number one. I like Moxley. I think Moxley is a great wrestler and a great character. I have no issues with that. But based off of the criteria that PWI set, Adam Cole edges out over um, Adam, John Moxley. In my eyes, he does. That's just me. Y'all know I rolled hard for Mox. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. But 
I was the first one to say it. Why is he number one? And that is no shade to John. But, and I know this year has been very, very wonky. Mm. (laughs) Let's just call it that. It's been a very wonky year. I honestly don't see why he, and come at me, fanboys, but I really don't see why he's number one. Now, when I posed the question, the thing I got was, well, Moxley was the talk of the town in 2019, and then he became champ in 2020. And I was like, okay, but that's not the criteria that PWI sets. Now, they do have the popularity, but it's also your match quality, the opponents you have, and your win-loss record. Right? Yes. That's what they say. That's what they say the, the criteria is. If we're going by that alone, Adam Cole edges out over Moxley immensely. And if we're just talking about him just showing up to work, and I'm not shading Moxley, I'm just saying, Mox had a string of injuries that put him on the shelf for a couple months. And then throughout that time, Cole was still dominating in the NXT. He was champ 400 plus days. I don't see how he's supposed to be at number two. And the thing with Moxley, too, is even though he was the IWGP U.S. title holder for a year, he only defended it twice. (laughs) And he dropped it. Yeah. So it's just kind of like if we're if you're going by a criteria, he only defended the belt twice. So he didn't have the opponents. Um, He barely wrestled. So he doesn't have the match. And you can say he had good match quality, but um, but uh, Austin, Austin, why am I about to call him by his real name? Adam Cole basically had way better match qualities because he had numerous opponents. He held that title for a long time. He showed up to work and showed out. And it's just like y'all just gave him number one because he was the biggest thing talking to move over to AEW. So Moxley got the number one just based off of popularity with whoever the writers were that wrote that list. I mean, he that, that's extremely biased. Then very. you're you're yeah. not assessing them by your own criteria. That's bullshit. Like if you're gonna like, I don't mind Drew McIntyre being at four. I think that's a very very good spot for him. He did have a great um 2020 and he moved out and had a nice ending to 2019 so i don't have an issue (laughs) with mcintyre being at four i thought that was a good slot for him i thought that was great but looking looking at the list i'm just like what is going on here you got bray wyatt (laughs) bray wyatt is extremely low on that list Bray should be in the top 11, if not top 10. My thing with just, so are they going off of like 2019 performance or 2020 performance? Because let's be honest, in 2019, Mox didn't really have that great of a year. They're going from June June of 2019 to July of this year. Okay, so within that span last year, Mox Mm -hmm. had this big feud with Omega. Yeah. had his his infection came back mm-hmm. because he wrestled in Japan and that shit got back and I'm glad he's okay but with me that lost all momentum 
to him and Omega's feud. It did. And then when that when it actually took place, they had that one match, which me and Nicole, we love hardcore wrestling. This is not a surprise to anyone, but we shitted all over that match. Mm. Like, what did you call it, Nicole? Like, you said something like all spots, no story, something like that. Like, yeah. Um, the one thing I have a problem with in the PW and that I'm, I'm going to end up getting out of here soon. Um, the thing that I don't, I have a problem with is that they don't, they don't necessarily follow the rules. I don't know who, who at Impact Pass pissed them off, but it's glaringly, they are lacking the impact. They're they're lagging a lot of impact people. They're lagging a lot of like NWA and MLW. Their reasoning is is that they don't consider the impact championships, world championships for some reason, but then they'll consider AEW, who's a brand new company. So I don't understand why they're why they hate impact so much. Because looking at that list, especially like Taya Valkyrie, there's no way that she should have been as low as she was. No, that that absolutely disgusts Makes no sense, especially with the year that she had. She was the knockout champion for majority of 2019. That's what I'm saying. If, I think if not all of 2019, to be completely honest. So that makes no, like they don't make their, their criteria doesn't make sense. Um, My big, my, my huge, one of my hugest problems was Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Specifically Charlotte Charlotte and then Becky very close. Charlotte had a better year than most people within the industry and most people within her company, men included. She should have been in the top 10. I agree. Agreed. There's no, there's no reason. And I I, when I was looking at this, I was like, where is Charlotte? Where is Becky? Charlotte should have been top five, in my opinion. Charlotte. The criteria for the women, though, was based off of their intergender wrestling. Which makes no sense. I I honestly think they only did that so they didn't have, so they had an excuse to not do the women's one. That is really that's bogus, though. Yeah. They could have just added the women to the damn list. Yeah. Yeah. They are doing a women's one, but it's going to be a top 100, not top 500. I don't yeah. know that's when bullshit. it's coming out, don't know but they're going to do See, yeah. this is- no one takes pro wrestling insider serious anymore because this was the same shit they pulled what was it, a couple years ago when they said Seth Rollins was was number one and that pissed no it was last year when Seth Rollins was number one was it? it seemed like it because yeah it was last year Nicole was number one last year they really put Rollins as number one last year this is why no one takes pro re- this this top 500 list seriously. Because at the end of the day, all that it is is just a fucking popularity contest. Because, like, going back to Mox, he had that one time with Kenny Omega. Like, people were just, you either liked that match or you hated it. And then he went to feud with Jericho, and he won the title in November. And again, no shade to Mox, but, like, right now, AEW All-In's going in. And we got we, we said some words about that earlier. We'll probably say it again. But um, it's uh, it's a mess. Apparently, everyone's like, this is a mess, except for like the diehards who can't see. um, No, even the diehards, because I just checked Twitter. Tiff, I'll fill you in here in a second. But like he's he's really had no major feuds. 
except this one that he's doing with MJF. Like he had one match with Brian Cage. He had one match with Brody Lee, which fucking came out of nowhere. I don't care who the fuck you are. Brody- sorry, y'all. It's not the hotel room. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. the I mean, they got house phones. <laughs> oh, kiss my ass, Janine. <laughs> Did you know what I'm has has Mox, Mox to me has done has done really nothing. I mean he he lost his momentum with Omega. He won the title from Jericho, which everyone was excited for. But you still have Jericho going around calling himself Le Champion or some bullshit like that. <laughs> and then, you know he really like to me, and I understand 2020 shit has gone sideways. But besides this feud with MJF, which is the only feud they have been building correctly with Mox as champ, has he had any other high-end feuds besides this one with MJF? Because, again, the Brody one came out of fucking nowhere. And Brian Cage, he only had one match with him. And I'm like, so you're just going to bring in Brian Cage, have him lose one match to Mox. And then you get that other belt that belt that Taz brought in. But it's just like, I'd rather, like, and I love MJF, but I'd rather be seeing Cage versus Mox right now, because then maybe I would have been more invested into this match that happened tonight. I don't know. I okay, mean, all right, I'm about to tune out of here, you guys. You all right, Nicole. Right. Nicole, uh, parting words about the PWI list? Um, it sucks. It doesn't matter because um they are pick and choosing and like I said, I have a huge problem with them not including them and basically like ignoring impact, especially about how good the wrestling has been there over the past wanna say three years. Yeah. I think that's very insulting. And that that made me very that made me angry. The Charlotte Flair thing made me very angry. Um just actually go by the criteria set. Like, don't don't be trying to like do some fucking hokey picky bullshit. I agree. And that's it. All right, ladies and gents, that's all we got. We ain't got no more. Thank you so much for listening to Down for the Count. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We were able to cover a lot in a small amount of time. But make sure you guys stay tuned for our bonus episode where we solely cover the WWE ban on superstars using third-party services. It's a very interesting listen. I hope you guys listen to the episode from start to finish because there's a lot of information and it will help you understand what is going on between the WWE and the superstar. And we also want to make it very clear that we're not siding with anyone. We want to make it clear that we see everything from both sides. We can decipher it from both sides and we understand the superstars frustrations. And we are aware of the shitty contracts that they are given, which we all mentioned in this episode coming for the bonus episode. So hope you guys stick around and listen. And thank you so much for enjoying our episodes of down for the count this week. Don't forget to make sure you tune in next week for next week's episodes and always as always follow us on twitter and instagram at down for the count 19 on twitter and at d4tc underscore podcast on insta so we'll see you guys next time